the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. Sean Bobby McFerrin Azaro in the house. I just can't not groove when, the, when we start the show. We, we let it bake a little bit there. That's right. Because we always start yakking. That's meat and potatoes. That is meat and potatoes right there. That was Thanksgiving, Sean. Did you have some meat and potatoes? I, I, I did quite <laughs> yeah. a bit. Quite a bit. Had a great Thanksgiving. Wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, but again, it's Thanksgiving. I love it. Yeah. I, and we express gratitude and thanks. Uh, my son, Ryan, who's pastor of Landmark Church up at San Marcos, yes. uh, he kind of did uh, organize a little family devotional. We always do something. We always do some scripture reading. We always do some gratitude kind of things. Uh, but he had something where all the grandkids kind of, they sang a song and oh. they did some different things together. So it was, and it just, that's the kind of stuff you just go, I want them to understand Thanksgiving and I want them to have time to express thanks. But while they're doing it, my heart is just filled with, with gratitude. Cool. Yeah. And a nice little tradition, maybe a new one happening uh, for the kids getting involved like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. And Lori and I are just very, very grateful. Got to go. We were out of town last week. Got to go on vacation yep. with some wonderful friends. Very thankful through that. It was awesome. Awesome. Good, good, good. Got some sun? Got a little sun. Do, do, can you tell? Am That's I bronze? Nice. You're glowing. <laughs> the mid-month bronze that you usually get. Exactly. <laughs> but you did preach on Sunday. And again, we save this for the yes. end of the podcast yes. there to remind folks. But let's do it again right now, Pastor yeah. Sean, because I know it's Christmas time and you got joy in your heart. Yep. Good news, great joy is the theme that we are our teaching series. And uh, we started out, got a great, great start, really talking about fear as kind of joy repellent. Mm-hmm. And you, you kind of think of, think of a fearful person and think of a joyful person. They don't kind of, they don't mix, right. right? It's the fact is fear and joy are almost mutually exclusive. And so we talked about the relationship of fear and joy and looked at scriptures on joy, mm-hmm. looked at scriptures on fear. So it's a great, great start to the series that's. You know, each Sunday, working up to Christmas, and then on Christmas Eve, we're going to be talking about that. It's going to be great. If you don't mind me saying, joy is one of my favorite words. It's, oh. it's bigger than happiness. There's, it's totally different than that. Completely different because it's internal. It's something that can come. It's a fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's something that is impervious to external things. It's like I can be unhappy about circumstances, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But my joy is unaffected because my joy comes from a different place. It comes from relationship with Jesus. And the, the song, the Christmas song, you think immediately think of is joy to the world. So the world could be full with joy. Yep, that's right. You know? Yep, For God right. so loved the world. The, there's a gift. Yep. And it's, mm. and it, uh-oh. Baron's going <laughs> to preach. Oh, look out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, welcome home. Thank you. Good to be home. And uh, Christmas again is coming. Again, Christmas Eve is the place to be. Is at River City Community Church? Yeah, Christmas Eve, uh, we have services on the 23rd and 24th, mm-hmm. which is Friday and Saturday, 23rd at 7 p.m. 24th, we are 4 and uh, 6.30. Uh, as in, again, we're getting ready for the holidays. We're already looking at 2023. And for this program, we've got some really exciting guests that are going to be coming up. But, Sean, I, 
as I was walking into the studio this day, there's a little whiteboard out here and kind of teasing some, I'm not going to say any names there, but some really big concerts also on the horizon, mm. maybe. Mm. You don't want to talk about mm. it. I didn't pay attention to the board. Oh, that. you don't know what they're talking about. All right. Well, then I'll tell you later <laughs> what you're doing. <laughs> That'd be great. I appreciate it. Well, that's cool. Let me ask you this. When you're on vacation, do you actually go on vacation? Do you punch out? Do you put the phone away? Or are you still checking the headlines and the news and the church and all that kind of stuff? Uh, I put the out of town, kind of the away from the office thing on my email. Yeah. But I, I like to read the news. I like to check. I check my email. And and what's great, you know, my assistant, Christy's great. Uh, my minister, a lot of my ministry stuff goes right to her and I. So mm-hmm. she'll handle that. So I really, I didn't do, I don't do a lot of work. Right, I, but I want to be available for a little. Like there were a couple things I had to do, but I could do them remotely, and it was fine. Other than that, we just chill. <laughs> well, good for you. <laughs> That's it. Good for you. Yeah. Well, while you were gone, uh, headlines pop up that you just kind of go, "What?" Yeah, you know. And I think you know what I'm talking about there too. Is as I'm looking on my laptop, and you're looking at your laptop. Oh yes, the laptop. And I'll be more specific. Hunter <laughs> Biden's laptop came up in the news again. Yes, like it, like this is a real thing. Yes. Oh yeah. That that was an interesting. Uh, this is one of those things that people are like, oh, God, we're talking about this. Who cares about Hunter Biden? It's old news is He's, what the president said. Yeah. And that's what I think that's what I think a lot of people want to, to say. But what, what I find really interesting is, one, the way that was handled before the 2020 election of, oh, no, this is Russian disinformation and and a whole yeah. slew of supposedly Government agents, government representatives put out a, over 50 people said, oh, this has all the earmarks of disinformation. Well, it turns out, of course, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. They never looked at it. They wouldn't look at it. It wasn't disinformation. It actually is Hunter Biden's laptop. And there is some really incriminating stuff, not about Hunter Biden. Nobody really cares about that, but about the president. And so really, when you see, oh, my gosh, that probably did significantly influence the election. You know, and you can't go back and redo that, but you can sit and go, what happened and why? And of course, Elon Musk right now, he owns Twitter and he is now releasing, because you remember the Washington Post brought this story up, Twitter literally censored them. Mm -hmm. Twitter censored them, removed their account because of this Hunter Biden laptop story, which turned out to be completely true, completely legitimate. And everyone was like, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. Oh, and it's like, Oh, no, it wasn't. And now we're finding out, oh, my gosh, the the Democratic Party operatives and, and the Biden campaign operatives were working with Twitter. And it's like, holy cow. This is the kind of stuff. You know, it, it's not like it's like that's not conspiracy theory. That's no. Now you that's not like a, conspiracy. Correct. And people sit and go, this is like stuff you see in a novel. Right. It's like it's so messed up and it's so wrong. And it's like. Oh, my gosh. How can this be happening? I, I'm reminded of the novels that y- years ago. Remember Frank Peretti? Oh, yeah. This Present Darkness? This Present Darkness. Yes. The Frank Peretti novels. He wrote th- they did three of them. Uh-huh. And they were all about spiritual warfare. And they're very entertaining. And, again, I'm not <laughs> vouching for the theology of all of them. But the idea was there's these things happening in the world that are just unexplainable. And you go, how can that be? How can people put up with that or how can they they do that and get away with it and you see behind it all is this spiritual mm-hmm. war and you saw demons and angels and they, they obviously there there were you know personalities and it be, was this intrigue and this battle and all these things very interesting stuff again i'm not vouching for the theology <laughs> i'm not saying this is exactly what the spirit world is like what i'm saying is it was a pretty interesting picture of spiritual warfare yeah and when i look at things like this and you just go how can people lie 
like that and just get away with it? How can people be so dishonest? Mm-hmm. How can how can it be this huge? Everybody in the media goes along. Everybody in government goes along. It's like, dude, this is scary stuff. And what yeah. are we supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Well, I, what's funny? And I wouldn't ordinarily push you to a novel for the answer. <laughs> I'm not really no. here, of course. <laughs> but in this present darkness, the whole theme, the real message of it was the power of prayer. Was that when, when Christians prayed, heavenly forces were empowered. They were mm-hmm. reinforced and they overcame. When Prish- Christians didn't, it was a much harder uphill battle. You're like, well, that's just a made-up thing. Well, actually, don't you remember in the book of Daniel? Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel is praying for 21 days. The answer's delayed. An angel appears right. and says, well, I was going to come, but the prince of Persia. And talk about the spiritual, mm-hmm. kind of spiritual dark prince of that pagan country uh, detained me and Michael the archangel came and delivered me and set, wow. and set me free, won this battle so I could bring the message. So it's kind, that's kind of what they take and then they turn it into this story. But the whole point of the thing is prayer. Mm. It's all about the power of prayer. And, and what I will say is you can get mad about the politics. You can get frustrated. You can go, oh my gosh, how can this happen? Mm. How can this stuff? Because you know the whole, whole point is that probably if, if people, the contents of that laptop had some very incriminating things that would have probably made people think twice about President Biden mm. as, as a candidate. And, and you're like, but how can, how can that happen? And how can that stuff be? You can get frustrated. You can get mad. Or you can understand, yeah, there's, there's stuff happening here in the natural and there's stuff that happens in the spiritual. And we really need to understand the spiritual world is real. You know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, rulers of the air. That's what Paul is talking about in Ephesians. Mm-hmm. And so how we face that is significant. That's, that's where this present darkness, I think, got it right, where they said the prayer was a major factor in that spiritual battle. And so instead of getting frustrated, mad, instead of getting angry, instead of getting despondent, I think we need to go and we need to be people who pray. Mm. And so I thought it'd be cool to have kind of a little conversation today about prayer. That's awesome. You know, and just about, okay, well, so when, when we talk about praying, how do I go and how do I begin to pray? Mm. You know, and when, you know, we're talking spiritual warfare type things. My, my favorite verse on spiritual warfare is James 4, 7, right? Submit yourself, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Mm. And what was quoted a lot to me as a kid is resist the devil, and he'll flee. Yeah. We forgot the first part. The first part is the key part. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Right. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Mm. See, if you're submitted, and that's where prayer comes in. Prayer is one of the key steps and acts of submission. You want to know how to do spiritual warfare, submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. And submission is very simply, I listen for his voice in prayer, I talk to him in prayer, and then I do what he says. And I walk submitted. And then when I resist the enemy, he has to flee. Mm. And so, you know, when we talk about prayer, I don't think there's a better place to go than, you know, in Luke chapter 11, you remember, uh, we're told one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And the question is, well, man, this is a religious culture. They'd grown up going to the temple. They, why would they need to be taught to pray? I, I think it's because they never saw someone pray like Jesus prayed, mm. right? 
Very good. Well, Sean, I kind of want to go back to the, the whole spiritual warfare thing that you were talking about. I'm reminded a podcast or two ago, we were talking about kind of some Christianese phrases. And one that just kind of came to mind there, too, is, is, the, is uh, the, the battle is the Lord's. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's so true. The whole flesh and right. blood thing is real. What, is, what does that mean, the battles? Am I not supposed to fight, just give it up to prayer? And that's the answer? E.M. Bounds, uh, who wrote, you know, multiple books on prayer, uh, made the point that, you know, prayer is not preparing for the work. Prayer is the work. Ooh. You know, and I think that's such a true statement. You know, the battle belongs to the Lord. That's the understanding that there's more going on behind mm-hmm. what's happening. Okay, so when you look at things happening here in the world, in the natural, what we'll call in the physical, natural world we live in, and if we think, well, that's all it is. So my enemy is that person who's saying or doing something that I think is hurtful. What the scripture would say is, no, 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 that person's not your enemy. Mm. All right, that person's like the damsel in distress. All right. <laughs> and there's a dragon who is, who is working through that person, you know, and the enemy's the dragon. Mm. And that's... that's the scripture calls Satan. That's what we're talking about. So there really is that when you say the battle belongs to the Lord, it is a spiritual battle first. Mm-hmm. It's not that the other isn't real, but it's just not all that's real. That spiritual battle is real. Mm. And so that is where we engage in prayer. And then you remind me of something else too, when you said, ah, but you left out the first part of that verse there too. And there's another verse there that says that unless my people humble themselves and they always leave that part out. Yeah. What you're talking about is second Chronicles seven fourteen. Mm-hmm. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and I will heal their land. And it's that, it, it, that humble themselves. See, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> well, that's turn that from submission. their wicked ways too. Yeah. But I mean, understand that that's, that's an important Mm. part of spiritual warfare, right? Understanding that there's something else going on, but what's going on, Mm. what we see in the natural is not all there is. And I think that's what you're getting to. Yeah. And and again, again, all this spiritual battle means, well, well, we also got to put on this thing called the armor, right? You know, so there's all this warfare imagery in the Bible. It's real. But the problem is we want to make the war a person. Yeah. A natural war. And I want to make that person who's offensive to me the enemy. Mm. They're not the enemy. They're not the enemy. They're a person who needs Jesus. Right. They're a person who is being, for whatever reason, being used in a way or being, or is choosing to act in a way, but there is a spiritual element in all that happens. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we need to decide if we believe that because for some people that's a stretch. They're like, oh, okay, now you're just spiritualizing everything. Uh, the fact is the scripture is real clear and, and it's talk, that's what it's talking about. And so when it talks about the armor of God, that's pure, that's imagery. So the sword of the spirit is not an actual sword, mm-hmm. but what it's talking about is it, it's an offensive weapon. You know, it's mm. the word of God. The word mm. of God is something that we use for spiritual warfare. So one of the ways that the enemy does spiritual warfare is he tells lies. And so when we confront with the truth of scripture, that's, that's warfare. Mm. And to your point there too, of the, the father of lies there is Satan himself. Satan engaged with Jesus, of course, right. and all through from the Genesis to the end here. He's, right. he's part of that story, but he takes a back seat in the culture there because ah, he ain't real. Right. You can't believe in that. Yes. Well, that's what we call, that's what we talk about. He's not taking a backseat. I want to suggest he's going front and center. Yeah. 
and, and well, that's that is classic deception. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's deceiving, and boy, how hard is it to fight something you don't even believe is real? If you're a pure naturalist and you believe there's no such thing as a spiritual world, you know, there's no such thing as anything like that, then you really are going to see this as well. Come on, mm. you know, please. These are fairy tales. But if you believe in the Word of God and if you believe the Scripture, uh, we recognize that no, no, there's a there's a spiritual reality around us. Mm-hmm. You know, I almost wish we could have we could have glasses that we put on wow. where we could see the spiritual realities around us. It'd probably freak us out. Right. Right. That's why prayer is such an important piece. What prayer does, prayer is the spiritual lenses for me. It it takes me from the natural where I'm getting ticked off. And it, it may be, my gosh, this conspiracy with Twitter and Hunter Biden's laptop and, or whatever other political or n- media thing that's happening or news thing that's happening. Or it might be something in my business or in my family or whatever. When I pray, all of a sudden I enter into another realm mm. and I, I start to see, oh, there's more going on. Mm. I, I also recognize that, oh, the people who did that thing or the people who said that thing or the told that lie or whatever – they're not God. When I pray, I'm, I'm acknowledging there is, there is a God and he is higher. And he will prevail. We will overcome because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Amen. Uh, Pastor Sean, okay, uh, Jesus taught us how to pray. Uh, when we gather together as a people uh, to, to do that, I mean, is, is it just me in my closet? Is it corporate prayer? What's the model to, again, combat this big enemy? Yes, Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, at, at River City, what we talk about three different levels, really, mm-hmm. be, because of the way we are rhythm. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, I think we all have these type of rhythms. There's the individual, mm-hmm. all right? And there is, and as an individual, we recognize we pray in our prayer closet. You know, when Jesus said, when you pray, go into your inner room, mm-hmm. we use the term the closet, uh, because one of the translations used the phrase mm-hmm. closet. But it's really the inner room where nobody can see you. Mm-hmm. And the Father who sees what's done in secret will reward you openly. Those who pray on the street corner already have their reward, right? Mm-hmm. That's the that's the idea, <clears throat> and so there is that. And we, you know, we use the phrase "quiet time." Right. I'm alone with God. I read the Word. Um, you're laughing because that, that was, was one, one of those our... Fra- our phrases from a couple weeks ago. Yes. <laughs> okay. Fine. Fine. Uh, thank you, Baron, for, for throwing <laughs> me off with that. For Sorry. smirking at me. <laughs> no, but we talk we talk about that quiet time. That's me and the Lord alone, and that's that time where I'm, the Word. I'm listening through the Word. Mm-hmm. I'm praying through. My day, I'm bringing things before the Lord. I'm listening for his voice. That's that quiet time alone with God. Yeah, relationship there with God. Yeah, exactly. But then on a personal level, there's also the multiple instructions to pray without ceasing. Pray Mm -hmm. continually. Well, how do I do that? I can't stay in my prayer closet all day. I got to go to work, you know? No, it's this idea that, wait, the Holy Spirit dwells in me. Mm. And I can can be praying all day long. I can be praying. You know, when we're doing this podcast, Baron, I, I I can be... Saying, Lord, give me your wisdom. Right. You know, help help me to hear what you want me to say. Help me to share what you want me to say. Or you're in a business meeting with someone. Lord, help me to hear what you want me to hear in this. You know, this is a proposal. Lord, is this something you think is a good idea? Wisdom, Lord, right now, please. Yeah, because he's there. Mm-hmm. You know, stop and think about any other friend we had that we said, oh, this is a great friend. And, you know, that was with us all the time that we talked to as much as we talked to the Lord. Mm. How rude would that be? <laughs> I mean, it's like we're literally ignoring him. Right. He's with us. Talk to him. You don't have to talk out loud. He's omniscient. Mm-hmm. You can literally quietly pray to yourself and God hears. Mm. And so there is that individual level of prayer. 
But then in River City Community Church, we are centered and organized around community groups. And so we want our community groups to pray together and to pray for each other. That's really where we seek the Lord together. We pray for one another's, the needs in one another's lives. We lift each other in prayer. We intercede in prayer. And those are those very personal, connected kind of prayers that we pray together. And then, of course, congregationally. There is that sense where as a congregation, you know, each weekend we stop and we pray together, you know, and we seek the Lord. We acknowledge his presence. So that it's really a holistic idea of every part of my life is is centered on and covered in prayer because he is omnipresent. He's mm-hmm. with me. He's in me. And I'm communicating and talking to him. Uh, there's, he triggered another thought there, maybe another Christianese phrase, and it happens in <laughs> prayers. little combo podcast here, but uh, uh, Satan, we bind you. Satan's like going... I have to get bound again? How many times do I get to get bound today by these people? You know, what is that about? Well, that's from uh, in Matthew 16 when Jesus says, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And he says to Peter, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Yeah. So when people pray, I bind the hands of the enemy, they're saying, I, according to God's word, in God's power, I restrict him in prayer. And that's the idea, you know, the most, the most powerful tool in the box there yep. is the prayer. It is. It's powerful, Baron. And I just think we take it for granted because it's so we all grew up doing it. We will die for our right to pray in school. Remember, the, oh, now, yeah. this is dating me. This was a, the, back when I was Mount growing Mario up. Hare. Yes, exactly. This was when I was growing up. This was a big battle in the public arena because in schools, it was a regular thing to pray. You might not believe that in, in one lifetime. And you're like, but you're old, Sean. It's a long <laughs> life. That no, was yesterday, man. In, in one lifetime, yeah. uh, we went from prayer was the normal thing in public schools because we just believed in, we had this corporate belief that there is a God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he may not be exactly the way the Catholics describe him or the Presbyterians describe him or the Pentecostals describe him, but we believe there is a God and we believe in the God of the Bible. And so in classrooms, we would stop and then we would pray for the day. And then um, Madeline Murray O'Hare, you mentioned the name, was a well-known prominent atheist and she kind of led the charge of lawsuits to have prayer removed from schools. Mm -hmm. And so that was the big deal. And kind of one of the things that we recognize is, okay, I'm, I'm willing to go to the mats and fight for my right to prayer. Now, will I actually pray? You know, it's like, am, am I, do I, is it a political fight to me or is it really a life fight? Because here's the deal. Because of God's omniscience, nobody can stop me from praying. Correct. Wow. Yeah. No one can stop me from praying. So that was like a big, almost a Don Quixote thing. You know, it's <laughs> True. like, and, and I understand, I, man, I understand it hurts to see us move as a, from a nation that even if people weren't, they certainly weren't all followers of Jesus, but lots of people recognize the reality of God, the reality mm-hmm. of his presence, the goodness of God, the providence of God to, to where we are now, the, the insanity yes, and where it's led us. So, wow. you know, but so, so I understand the fight, but just remember, nobody can stop you from praying. Mm. You know, some of the, you read the story of Corey Ten Boom and she's in a concentration camp, right. you know, and, uh, She's praying whenever she wants, right? right? Because that's the power of prayer. Wow. And just, just, I just want us to know as we're walking through stuff, and if it's in your personal life, it's in your business, or it's the political stuff, the circus that goes on around us, um, remember the power of prayer. Remember that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, and rulers uh, of darkness.
And that's in First Peretti 316? I'm sorry. That was in... <laughs> Excuse me? <What? laughs> no, it was not. That's in the book of Ephesians. That's right. Well, that's cool. Well, Pastor Sean, uh, I think it might be appropriate to ask uh, you to close us in prayer. Yeah, let me, let me pray. And, and let me just, just say, if you're listening to this right now, and maybe you're going through something that's kind of occupied your heart and your mind. It might be political stuff on the big picture of our kind of landscape. But more likely, it's, it's something personal. Uh, maybe something with a relative or something with one of your kids or something at work, um, wh- whatever it is, you know, so maybe an area where you really need wisdom, mm. you know, or an area where you, you recognize I'm afraid and uh, that fear is, is, is hurting me. Um, I just want to right now pray for you and I want to encourage you take this and make this a matter of prayer. And if you go, but I don't know how to pray. Well, here's a tip. That's where you start. God, I don't know how to pray. Mm. And then as he begins to put things in your heart and mind, just pray them. He will do that. You know, Paul said in Romans 8, he said, you know, we don't know how to pray as we ought to. And he says, but the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings that we can't understand. So let the Spirit intercede. He's your prayer partner. So I just want to encourage you, as I pray right now, just bring that thing before the Lord and, and just let him begin to speak to you about it. Lord, I thank you so much for the gift of prayer. Yes, Lord. I thank you for just your spirit. I thank you for your presence in us. I thank you that you are omniscient. And Lord, I can sit quietly and no one else need know that I am talking to my father. I'm listening to my father. I'm having this dialogue, not monologue, because you speak back. And Lord, I just pray that, that, that I would remember what a gift this is. And Lord, I just pray right now for whoever's listening to this. I just, I just ask that they would truly recognize how great and how awesome and how powerful you are and whatever this burden is whatever this thing is that has been causing anxiety or fear uh, the need the relationship uh, whatever it is Lord, sickness i just pray that we would bring that before you and i pray that you would give us wisdom as to how to pray and i ask that you would move powerfully that we would become even more convinced of your goodness and of your power Lord, we thank you for this time. Thank you for this conversation. And I just pray that it would be a blessing to others as it has been to us as we desire to go deeper in prayer. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. In an age of constantly changing movements and trends, it's hard to find things of timeless value. Too often, if it isn't new, it's considered dated, irrelevant. This Christmas, we want to challenge the status quo and embrace and celebrate what makes the holiday special. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and I want to invite you to join us at River City Community Church for Carols and Candlelight, where we will pause to center our Christmas celebrations around the true significance of the holiday. Come for an engaging family service and an outdoor courtyard experience with live nativity, hot chocolate, and more. River City is located off a of Lookout Road right across from Atama Park. Christmas Eve service times are December 23rd at 7 p.m. or December 24th at 4.30 or 6 p.m. To find out more, go to reallife.org. We want to help you start a Christmas tradition that reflects the richness and the wonder of this season. From all of us at River City, we wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.